Welcome to season two of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, the official podcast of the Breakaway Roping Journal. This season, we're bringing you all the interviews you love with the top ropers in the game, news about what's happening in the industry, training tips, and so much more. Plus, we're expanding to bring you news from other events that you love, like goat tying and tie down roping. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Breakdown Podcast. I am your host, Casey Allen, and almost said the name wrong because this is only our second episode of the Tie Down Breakdown, a new segment where, as the name says, we break down all things in the world of tie down roping instead of focusing on the breakaway as we normally do. Now, I am not the best expert when it comes to tie-down roping. Um, I have never entered the tie-down roping. I am not out there on the road with these guys. So I called up somebody who knows a heck of a lot more about the sport and what's going on in that world than I do. He's a world champion. He's a 13-time NFR qualifier. He's an LSU fan. He is also the tie-down roping event director in the PRCA. We're talking about Shane Hanshi. I was so grateful that Shane let me give him a call this morning while he is on the way to the event that has been the talk of the last couple months of pro rodeo coverage. That is the Cinch Playoff Governor's Cup in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's the first event of its kind. The amount of money that's on the line is insane. The stakes could not be higher. I'm going to let Shane give you guys a little deeper dive into that. But what you need to know is you can go to www.calfroping.com and you can see the full list of the guys who are qualified to Sioux Falls. You can see the current world standings, kind of where everything's at um, if you need to kind of look and, you know, feel those numbers. And then I'm going to break down how the format's going to go real quick. So there's going to be two rounds of 12, all 12 guys that made it by hitting different playoff rodeos throughout the year and either punching their ticket back in Puyallup at the tour finale or qualifying in through those tour standings after Pendleton and Abilene. Again, if this is confusing, guys, check out our articles on calfroping.com. They go way deeper into it. But those 12 men will get to compete tomorrow, September 28th, if you're listening at the time this is dropped, and then Friday, September 29th, two rounds, and then the top eight will come back in the aggregate to Saturday's eight-man round. Everybody's guaranteed a check for qualifying to the eight-man round, but the top four from that round, it's a clean slate, will advance to the shootout. Grand prize is $25,000 down to $8,000 for last hole. Now, the rounds, those qualifying rounds with the top 12, they pay $10,000 per round. So when we say that the NFR field is going to be determined at Sioux Falls, we could not be more serious. So like I said, I'm not going to talk for too long. I'm going to let Shane take it away because man, he dives into the insider scoop on what has been going on all season long and what you guys can expect to watch um, on the Cowboy channel at Sioux Falls this weekend. So make sure to check out teamequinity.com. In the meantime, they are who is bringing you today's episode. And I will tell you a little bit more about them at the commercial break for now. I'm going to go ahead and let Shane take it away. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Oh, wonderful. Uh, You said you're driving up to Sioux Falls? Yeah, yeah, I'm driving. Fun. Are you pumped up? I'm not pumped up, so it's 15 hours. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Uh, 
What horses are you taking up there? Uh, just my babe, Ugly. Heck yeah. Well, I just wanted to get kind of, I don't know the right way to say this, but kind of the, your perspective on the tie down roping season so far, um, kind of what you've seen this year, maybe who surprised you talk about the up and comers and then a little bit about going into Sioux Falls. Ain't no problem. Heck yeah. So talk to me about, I guess let's start with kind of the obvious bubble fight right now. Um, with Tuff Cooper hanging in their 15th and then Luke Potter's in Sioux Falls. Um, do you have any thoughts on that setup or how any of that could play into either of those guys' hands? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Luke Tuff's a seasoned veteran. We all know well he's won and what he's accomplished. And uh, I don't think anybody that knows him was counting him out, you know, when, when he was down there around 20th or 21st mm-hmm. um, in the Northwest. Um, but what he's done the last week was, was pretty – Remarkable winning 10,000 at them, at them rodeos. Um, so, I mean, I, I think people, you know, got to assume Tuff's going to take care of business this week too. And so that kind of leads to, to Luke Potter, you know, and his kind of um, storybook season, you know, he was kind of just hanging around this summer and this horse got good horse got crippled. Um, I think it was around after the fourth, maybe, um, and then he won Cheyenne, and then after he won Cheyenne, he got a lot of confidence on the new horse he bought. He'd been he'd been clicking along pretty good and, and giving himself a dang good chance. And uh, you know, not that many people know, but he he tore some ligaments in, in his ankle um, at Hermiston, and could have signed on to a guy for a long time, especially uh, you know if we're talking any other professional sport. But but he just. Uh, Pretty cool. He, he created him some lace-up boots with the with the boots that he had. Made some lace-ups out of them and, and rocked on. I think that was pretty cool of him. And shows his toughness and, and grittiness. Um, so I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's always funner. It seems uh, you know I've been on the bubble before, so it's always funner to to watch the bubble unravel than to be a part of it. Um, <laughs> in a sense, so um i mean i think it's just going to come down i mean sioux falls is going to pay so much i mean you guys have documented that how well it's going to be but you know also luke's going to be opening against the best guys in the world so it's just going to come down to to him you know and what he can do in that situation in that environment mm-hmm. yeah i overheard uh i was at stephenville last weekend and i ever heard somebody talking about well everybody's talking about the lower people at sioux falls but they forget that means you're counting out the guys who have been winning all year yeah, you know, I mean, this this tour finale, you know, we, we, I mean, I myself prioritized tour rodeos for this rodeo alone. I mean, everybody knew how how well this was going to pay, and and you know, like me, I needed to be position myself to be in, in this rodeo, and um, you know, the the cream sort of always rises to the top, and and you're open against the Riley Webbs, the Shad Mayfields, Caleb Schmitz. I mean, all, all of them. So. Uh, I mean, not only is it great money, but you're going to have to make great runs too. Do you know anything about the cattle up there or how they're going to set it up? Yeah, I know a lot about the calves. Lana Mangold has the calves. Um, they went to Joe Beaver's Junior Open Labor Day weekend. Um, we went through them last week, and I think the calves would be phenomenal. Um, it's a preferred it's a preferred shoot, which generally um, is a faster start, you know, than than the WWs or the other or the other brands. So. Um, the barrier will be three foot under regulation. I mean, it's going to be a coliseum. We had a, for us older guys, we had a champions challenge in 2000. 
Man, I wrote Floyd there. I got I got to say it was 2016 or 17, maybe. So so the arena is small, and and they want you to town fast, and, and that's what will happen. Awesome. So they want it to be a, a show. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this uh, Rory Lemon, who's who's you know been been behind all this and producing it as a producer standpoint, he, he wants to see fast times. He wants to see it similar to the NFR. And I think that's what we'll get. Now, when they had the was it the tour finale or the champions challenge at Omaha, like the last weekend of the season, uh, people are talking about how this kind of reminds them of that deal. Were you ever at Omaha? Yeah, for sure. So that we had a tour finale set up similar to this at, at Omaha. Um, from, from probably the first five years of my career. And, um, it was, it was, it was great money, but it wasn't like this. I mean, like with this final four paying 25, I, I don't know for sure, but I just don't ever remember it paying this much. Um, I remember a couple guys would get out of there with 20,000 and it'd be a great week, but you're talking 30 or 35, maybe 40,000 this week if a guy gets on a roll. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking and I'm like, I know we're talking about the 15th spot, but, you know, I don't feel like the guys, you know, Brushton, Hunter, Kincaid are the safest in the world above the 15th spot. Well, that's the deal. I mean, you know, Hunter Hunter is kind of feeling a little bit of the heat because of what Hunt went tough on last week. And, you know, just for uh, mathematical purposes, I mean, you let Tough get in front of Hunter and then all of a sudden Luke has a good Sioux Falls and Hunter can be 16th, you know. Um, so I think Hunter's plan this week is to try to get ahead of Rushton and and kind of see, you know, how that goes. Um, and honestly, I mean, I've been at the house, and and I'll be honest with you, I haven't turned the Cowboy Channel on once. I mean, I've been I've been enjoying being home and keeping up with my fantasy football teams and watching my LSU Tigers and the Saints. I haven't turned it on the Cowboy Channel, but I get enough calls and texts to stay in the loop, so I'm somewhat aware of what's going on. Uh, but I know I know Hunter's going to walk up at, at uh, New Brunswick, and he's going to try to walk up at Mona just because he is feeling a little bit of the of the heat. And and you know, like I told him, I think he's safe. But you know, crazier things have happened. Hey, you know, all the girls are paying attention to football now with uh, Taylor Swift's new boyfriend. So yeah, that's crazy. Three hundred his jersey sales went up like four hundred percent or three hundred percent. He gained three hundred thousand followers on. Social media, I mean, it's nuts. <laughs> um, and then talking about storybook seasons, um, I know you've probably got to watch him all year. What about Bo Cooper's year? Yeah, I've watched I've watched Bo Cooper for a lot longer than this <laughs> this, this this year. But um, that's a really cool story for me. I mean, that's my first my first uh, quote unquote student that's going to ever make the NFR, and I think that's a big deal for me as a. Oh, I didn't know that. As a, yeah, as a potential clinician and, and teacher or whatever, he, he came to he came to two open schools that I put on um, in Cardston, Alberta. Um, he was just a little guy. He was a little skinny guy still. But um, I just knew, you know, when I watched him from the first day at the open school, you know, he just kind of had it. You know, um, he was always in my ear wanting to know how he could be better and what he needed to do to, to get to winning. And, um, you know, uh, he come to two open schools after the second one. I told him he could come down to Texas if he wanted to and, and stay with me in the winter and rope. And, and he took me up on it when he was seventeen. And he's been he's been at our, at our house every year uh, since. And to watch him grow, you know, as a person and, and as a roper, and see what all he went through, what all we went through, you know, in March was was pretty special. 
Um, and then just seeing how it, you know, became full circle at Calgary was was awesome. His horse that he's riding um, come from my brother's ranch, and I and I and I owned the horse and sold it to him. So, um, you know, when he back, I told I told my wife when he backs in there at the NFR the first night, I'm gonna be so damn nervous. It's gonna be <laughs> unbelievable. It's gonna be weird to be more nervous for. I mean, I'm sure you were nervous when Taylor made it, so you've dealt at least with that. <laughs> yeah, I get I get more nervous when Taylor and, and Bo ropes than when I do for sure, just because I have no control over what they do. Hey guys, so this episode is brought to you by the great folks over at Equinity. Equinity is one of my favorite companies, and I use the products for my breakaway horses. Uh, Equinity Horse XL is a 100% pure amino acid supplement. There's nothing added that your horse doesn't need. It can help improve their muscles. It can help them recover faster after workouts. It helps improve collagen so your horse can have healthier coat and bones. And it maximizes your performance because it helps cells regenerate at a faster rate. That means fast recovery for those fast twitch muscles that you need to explode out of the box and stop hard at the end of a run. They also have Equinity Ultimate OEC, and I love this supplement. I didn't think Equinity could get any better until I started using it. It has flaxseed-based omega-3 oil, natural vitamin E, and colloidal silver. It can help support your horse's cardiovascular health, their joint health, gastric health, and it increases their immune support. So if you're traveling up and down the road a lot, that's something that's super important for your horse. Visit teamequinity.com to learn more about these supplements and see how you can get some for yourself. As far as this year, did any moments kind of stand out to you throughout the year or anything that you watched that, you know, was super surprising? Um, anything like that? I feel like I've been missing things throughout the year. Yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, I'm a rodeo fan, especially a cat fan. So, I mean, um, I would say that, that number one, it's got to be um, the dominance of rally. I think that's been well documented through this podcast and and website i mean but he started off you know with a bang went in denver and uh i think 40 percent his bracket out of fort worth and then he hasn't really looked back and that just goes to show you what um you know i would say that raleigh would probably even tell you that his first nfr wasn't what he wanted um but he got a little confidence at denver and then that that rolled right into fort worth and and uh, and then that just goes to show you what what confidence will do to a kid and do to somebody. Um, and he hasn't looked back since. So um, I think one of the most underrated acquisitions all summer was him um, purchasing, you know, getting that new horse in the Northwest. And mm-hmm. um, you know, he he he. I'm not going to say he looked in the rearview mirror and seeing guys closing in, but he figured out that he needed to stay on top, and he did that by behind probably the best horse possible and he hasn't looked back since you know it was a, probably a week or 10 days of a transition of getting used to that horse and then from there um you know he went to kind of six and set arena records so um that would probably be number one Num- number two for me is kind of caleb schmidt um he came not really, a little bit yeah not really having a great winner kind of being banged up having a, having some back issues some knee issues and then um kind of was even after the 4th of July was kind of still at the back of the pack and he went to Calgary and, and did get in his group. And then, um, you know, funny enough, he, he rode my horse side, Salinas and won Salinas, split it with Ty and kind of got him back, uh, within shooting range and then, um, plucked along there in August and September. And then, 
Um, you know, ended up having my horse bugs here at Fiala, that went in 10,000 there and pretty much solidified his spot and getting into Sioux Falls. And, um, I, you know, he's going to ride my horse over here at Sioux Falls too. So, um, I mean, I think that's, that's probably another storyline. And then kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, this is the first time in a long time we're not going to see Marty Yates at the NFR. And, uh, you know, for me, he came with me his first year in 2014, rodeoed with me and got the finals made. You know, ever since then, I just knew he was going to be a mainstay, which he is. I mean, he's been there the last however many years. He just, for whatever reason, um, couldn't get going this, this year and this summer. So that's going to be a little bit different, um, different, different, uh, NFR than, than what it, what it has been. Yeah, I feel like him and Lonnie just had had such a tough start to the year, and our hearts went out to them with with everything they went through. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it, or. Well, me and my wife have been through similar situations with horses. It's it's awful. I mean, there's nothing that you can say or do to to help that um, or replace them. You know, that that's one thing that for me that I had to figure out when I lost Bam in 2019. Yeah. Um, and it took me a couple of years. I mean, luckily I had good friends that had great horses that let me on, you know, like Logan Bird with, with TJ and Peso. But it took me a couple of years to, to figure out that you know, I'm not going to find, I'm not going to find him. You know, I've got to find something similar or something close to him, but I'm not going to find him. And once I figured that out, like I said, it took me a while because I was looking for the next bam. Um, I was assuming he was going to pop back up in my lap like he did. And, and that just, doesn't happen so i mean you just gotta gotta figure out what you like and and what you can get used to and kind of go from there that's kind of why i'm excited about what this summer transpired for me and my new horse i'm really excited about this sioux falls and and the nfr now awesome and i know horsepower is such a big deal to you um we already talked about but talk a little bit about i guess this is I'm getting off the train of pro rodeo, but talk a little bit about what you guys are doing with gold buckle for charities and kind of your vision for the horses in the industry. Yeah. And you know, that all kind of started from, from that right there. We, um, you know, my brother and my uncle have trained horses my whole life. So I've been around the training industry and, and, uh, I've been on the other side of it quite a bit as far as just working the shoots and saddling and unsaddling and loping and, and all that. And so I just feel like, um, the rope horse fraternity industry is, is getting big. You know, what Jay Wadhams has started, um, with his American rope horse fraternity and then what the Royal Crowns have done. And then these other, I call them pop up fraternities that's been great for the team of the world, um, mainly. And, and I just thought, you know, the, the way this horse industry is as a whole and where it's headed, I think it, it you know, it was a great idea to, to start that. And I knew, I needed to have the right guys in place um, to be able to get it going. And so, you know, me and Haven have always been close and we've always shared a love for, for horses and good horses at that. And, um, you know, Driggers, we're, we're, we're the same age and, and he's got the team open world, you know, by hand. And so we all kind of put our heads together and we, we thought we had still had one missing piece um, to the puzzle. And, and that was when I called Jeremy Barwick, who, you know, who owns the Triangle City? He owns a Western Bloodstock sale, and he runs the Brazos Valley Stallion Station. And he's just, um, he's just a, a mastermind of all these performance type horses and bloodlines and, and breedings and stuff like that. So we all got together, and and uh, man, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. The first one's going to be in Belton, December 27th through the 30th, and 
you know, me and Caleb and Haven made a pact that we're not going to rope. We're just going to put it on and see, and so we can see our, see these horses. And, and, you know, our, our main goal is we want guys to, to come and, and showcase their horses, not only for the amount of money that they could win, but for their, for their future, as far as we want to see these horses go on to the rodeo world. And then, you know, hopefully go on to the Thomas and Mac and say, Hey, that, that horse was started at the gold buckle fraternities, you know? So, that's kind of our end goal and what we're excited and looking forward to. And, and we're hoping it's going to happen. Awesome. Are you guys sticking to a scoring system there or are you going to adopt more like RFA? Um, no, it's going to be, you know, similar to the uh, Royal Crown. It's going to be judged and timed. We're going to have, a, it's going to be a little bit different for us. We're going to have four judges um, and we're going to drop the high, drop the low, and then just take the two in between. And then take uh, take our time as our third part of our our score, um, and then our our format's going to be three rounds in a short. Most of them are just two, um, but ours are going to be three rounds in a short. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. I mean I'll I'll answer any questions you have, but we're we're really excited. We went down to Belton last week, took a tour of the facility, and man, it's going to be it's going to be a great spot. Heck yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get uh, too off in the weeds today because I'm sure we're, we're going to be doing a full episode before that happens to get more of your story, let people meet you and then, then talk about gold buckle. We we all need to get on a call and and talk about it. Um, I think it'd be great for the whole industry. Well, um, Shane, I'm going to wrap the podcast part up of this. Um, anything you feel like we're missing or anything people really need to pay attention to this last week that we didn't cover? No, I think we got it all covered. Um, I think, you know, yeah, this bubble deal is so crazy. People, people get, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's stressful for everybody, not only the ropers, but their families too. I mean, I, like I said, I've been in this position too, but, um, I, and I just, if I could tell them anything, I'd just say embrace it, enjoy it, um, good or bad. It kind of defines who you are and, and, and no matter what, there's always, you know, next year. So it'll be fun watching. I'm telling you guys, it is going to be crazy to watch Sioux Falls unfold this weekend and watch that bubble race and even watch the world championship race going into the NFR. We're going to talk more about that after Sioux Falls. We're going to let all that dust settle before we get into all the circuit finals prior to NFR. So have no fear. Our social accounts on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at calfroping.com. We're going to have full coverage for you all weekend. We are going to have my boss lady, the amazing Chelsea Schaefer. She has been running things over at the Team Roping Journal for many a years. She will be getting you guys that fire content that you all love all weekend long. She'll be getting you interviews and we will be pushing that out with trackers, everything so that you don't miss a second of the action. And if you're here from the breakaway side of things, you know the Breakaway Roping Journal is going to have you covered as well on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. I just wanted to say thank you so much again to Aquinity for bringing us this episode. And I'm sure you guys have heard enough from me. So make sure you stay in the loop this weekend and let's watch it all play out.